Gaming in BS, episode 235, being recorded March 25th, 2019. Welcome to Gaming in BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I am the healthy one, Sean. And I'm Brett. I'm still sick. <laughs> Brett is still sick. We are. We may have some temporary outages in audio on Brett's side. He has to hit the mute button as he... Trying to blow your ears out coughing. Yeah. yeah it's very uncomfortable. Anyway, how are you doing, Sean? I am doing okay. That's good. Yeah. I mean, everything is okay. It's better. I feel bad. I feel great. Well, that's good. <laughs> I feel great. Yes. Uh, I feel great health-wise. Kind of not really, but sort of. Yeah, Susan and I have both been sick. I just... Susan's still sick, too? Oh, yeah. That's good times. God. I would think with kids, man, you guys would have, like, immune systems. Yeah, normally, <clears throat> normally she has the mommy immune system. Nothing knocks her down, but this has been really bad. And the kids seem fine. Which is great. <laughs> right. <Little> bastards. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's annoying. It it must be. I I yeah, being sick sucks. Well, hopefully next month you will not be sick. As sick. That would be nice. This is week three. It'd be great if this went away. So do you typically have a time on it? Usually you're like, yep, set your watch to it. I'm gonna be down for two months. If I get hit with this, last year I escaped it the year before, and the year before it hit me, it was a month to two months at last. Oh, Yeah, I've it pulled, uh, blown blood vessels in my eyes, pulled muscles in my back and chest from coughing. It's a good time. Cough hard enough, you throw up. It's a good time. Jeez, man, <clears throat> that's crazy. Yeah, you go to the doctor, the doctor's like, wow, that's, that sucks. Want, can I get some for me? No, not really. Here's some cough medicine with codeine. Does it help you? No. Mm, sucks. 21st century, man, and nothing. That's why it's called practice. For that it's, common it's, cold. It's a medical practice. It's not a medical, I got this. <laughs> it's a medical practice. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, so on to much more entertaining things. So Awesome Dice still cooking? We still doing that? Awesome Dice is still cooking. So this being the last recording of March, we will draw the next on the next episode we'll draw the name for who wins for the month of March. Very cool. Um so what we're talking about is if you go to gamingnbs.com, sign up for our email newsletter, since we started this contest, I don't think I've sent out one email. Okay, so just so you know, we don't spam everybody. Um, but that if you just put shows in your how email, behind Sean and Brett are on doing our emails. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Sorry, that no, may be okay. true. That may be no. true too. Um, but if you sign up, you'll aut- you'll be automatically entered to win a set of dice from AwesomeDice.com. Um, shipping restrictions do apply. Otherwise, if you'd like to just go to their website. And use the promo code GAMINGBS on any order over 10 bucks, you'll receive 15% off. So thanks to the Brandon man over at Awesome Dice for allowing that to happen. 
Uh, I do not have any announcements. Did you make any large RPG purchases in the last week or so, Brett? I did not. No. Are you I, reading any? Are you reading anything special? Let me think. Um. So does Brett go to the bathroom and take an RPG book with him? <laughs> On occasion, I bought um from Dave Beatty. I bought the special 20th anniversary of Wraith. So yes. I have that, and I started cracking into that because I promised him if I bought it off, if he basically said, "I will sell this to you," if you. <laughs> so not only does he have my money, but he exacted a promise from me, which is odd. I think I may have lost out on that deal. Anyway, he's um, he's I gotta, a bit of a conniver. I got to run it for him at uh, GaryCon next year. So I got time, but that's what I got to work on. The biggest things I've been doing is um, cranking out. Um, what was uh, stretch goal stuff for the Kickstarter. Oh, so I've got Blacksmith's Folly to uh, to finalize and get that in their hands and some updates to do on uh, Iron Shoes, which are two of the adventures that, that go with it. So i got to get that done. And of course, being sick means you get home from work and you can't do much, and that's not fun. However, I'm uh, back on it, so should be okay. Had a little slack in the schedule, making it up right now, so all good. That sounds fantastic, Brett. I think so. I I splurged. What'd you do? Oh, what did you buy, Sean? I bought the masks uh, slipcase. Not the leather one that Brett wants. Yeah, I, got, I want the leatherette one. Okay. The, le- the leather one, ladies and gentlemen, when you're Brett and you're you're kicking ass on Kickstarter... Yeah, yeah, you've got. He, he, he wants the. He's got high taste. What do they? What do they call it? Champagne taste. Champagne taste. No, Brett. Brett yeah. has. Uh, Brett just paid off a credit card. Is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Brett paid off his personal credit card. I have room for that. There I you go. You got that. room for three three hundred bucks, man. I could do that. Do I need to do that? I'll need. Oh, what's need? So that's the advantage of being sick. Is I can't. I don't feel healthy enough to make those decisions because I'm in a bit of a fog. Have you so read it? I got, you started reading? I started reading it. I'm very, very, very early in the masks um, book, but I like it. Like I, when I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, man. Okay. I get this. There's stuff going on. It's a commitment, and, uh, man. It's, it's a big ass campaign. Cow. It's a, it's a damn commitment. It's two books. Yeah. Holy shit. And so I, with the slip case, uh, you get two books and then you get the keeper. It says keeper screen files or something like that. And I'm sure there's a screen in there. Then it has all the handouts. Nice. Which is not good enough for me. No. Not for this one. So I went out and got the. You bought the additional uh, handouts? I bought the mass um, prop set. Nice. Which is a, a one by, it's like a tw- one foot by one foot, probably a little bit eager, but probably like. 18 inch by 18 inch box. So how do you think, do you think you've got the crew to pull this off insofar as you're going to be able to meet often enough? Well, yeah, that is the ultimate question. Cause my, my thought with that one has been after you and I talked last, I'm like, you know, what would, what, how could I do this? If I, you mean, I've got a good crew so I could play it with them. Yeah, that would work. If it wasn't me, I didn't have a regular group I could meet with every month. What would I do? Well, could you run it at a con? Could you break it into chunks? Man, I don't know. It's just, it's so contiguous. I don't know. But even if you, it's one of those campaigns, I know a number of people have started it and never finished. Or as my buddy Lenny did, he started it. We all died. 
and uh, <laughs> we just didn't. And then time being what it was, we didn't have a chance to. Um, then people moved and stuff. But that was the that was the end of that campaign. We all died. <laughs> so all things are possible. Yeah, I would. Um, one, I would like to run it in person, even though I'm not adverse to running it online. But it then takes away from the huge amount of props that I got. I mean, this, it's a bot. So they have a layout on the Chaosium site for this product. And it looks like, just imagine a big desk covered with stuff. Oh, in person's the way to go. Um, my buddy Lenny made his own props for it. Oh, geez, man. I mean, well, he, he, I have from him in the box that we kept all the props that we uncovered. Yeah. Handmade journals, maps, photographs, match matchbooks, matchboxes, yeah. all sorts of crap. The passports. Uh, yeah. He made all that stuff. That's crazy. Because he's a nutball like that. And now you can buy it, Lenny. You don't have to spend all the time making it. But it costs money. And <laughs> it costs, frankly- It costs lots of money. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid- I haven't even opened it yet. Like, I'm literally afraid to open the thing and go- Oh my God, how am I going to keep track of all this stuff? What have I done? <laughs> I literally have to put them in like envelopes and yeah. all right, grab this. To go at it, to wet a game with that level. We've talked about props in the past. And I think it, yeah. it, it might be worth digging back into if, if you decide to get really heavy into it. But there is an organization level that you have to get into, especially if you have a shit ton of them and not like a centerpiece or a cool keystone type of piece. If you're going to go prop heavy, there's, especially if you want to make it all ahead of time. Because you can't show up and say, wow, oh, oh, crap, I have all these cool props. Oh, except for the one I forgot at home. Uh, right. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Uh, neat, though. Very cool. Yeah. So one group I would meet once a month, potentially, if they want to play in it. Another one would be every two weeks. I don't know. I don't know if it's a game I could pull off weekly. I may be able to, because Doc, Doc's group is bi-weekly for a couple of, couple of reasons. And I could probably, and many of the players in those groups are the same, mm -hmm. minus one or two. I could potentially run that weekly. Good. There's definitely enough material. I just got to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, it's this is going to be one of those if you decide to do it weekly, you're going to have not your work cut out for you, but read the whole damn thing. Yeah. And then <clears throat> read whatever they're into plus, you know, right. from a refresh perspective. But you or you may have to go, you know what? This is a good stopping point. I'm not ready to go on. Let's move or whatever. You may have to exercise some of that stuff to make sure that it's solid, but. Anyway, Good times. Cool. So that's what I'm reading. That's what I bought. That's very cool. Yeah, that is cool. I envy you because that's neat. We'll we'll see how this goes. Now, now, see the problem is if I go buy, I'll just be a copycat. I can't do that. No, no, man. <laughs> hey, I'm teasing. Yeah. Well, shit. If that if that were the mentality, none of us would be playing the same game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> very, very true. All right, let's get into the random of encounter. Moving on. Right. So you start. I will start. A uh, comment from Matt of House V. I had failed to understand that making that decision ended the campaign. 
So what Matt is referring to is the scenario in the last couple episodes where somebody said, don't open the box. If you open the box, the game is over. So that's what he's referring to, just to refresh people. Somebody bought a module, said, hey, this is a poor design choice. I think Matt wrote in and said, well, I don't necessarily agree. Now he's he's furthering, clarifying his position. So he carries on. I do consider that a pretty... that a pretty tragic flaw. I was thinking the failure was that particular adventure slash quest. In Shadowrun, an adventure or run is normally one session. A long one may span two to three sessions. I've had games where you can fit two runs into a four-hour game session if the players perform particularly well. So failing one mission isn't a huge deal from the campaign's perspective, and you may still get a run-in if you weren't too far into that run. If you run a full campaign, it's quite likely that the players will fail at least a few runs as it's a pretty unforgiving world. So, in the instance of the package, if you betrayed the mob by opening the package, you have other Johnsons or quest givers and may work with the Yakuza and Lone Star still. Some of the missions may be from the other side, offense instead of defense, etc., and set you up for more adversaries later on. If you work against the mob and continue to piss them off enough, they may even hire you into an ambush. Honestly, that would piss me off as a GM more than a player, though I think it'd be upsetting either way. My pre-campaign prep is massive. I usually am at least uh, through each chapter before I start that chapter, and have a personal character prep for each PC. Not to mention, I probably dropped some money on that. But really, the time would piss me off more. All right. Um, it reminds me of Paizo AP, uh, actual, uh, Adventure Path, I ran once. I won't name it for spoiler's sake. Where the party got wiped by save or die. Everyone in the party had over a 50% chance of making it. And I think almost everyone used their reroll and failed again. I gave everyone one reroll per session in that game. It was a really crappy way to end a fun campaign, except for the bosses. Every boss fight was crap. The previous one, you had to use an NPC to beat that boss, then the save or die. The ironic thing is the animal companion made the roll and soloed the boss. All right, animal companion. We spoke about resurrecting that game because we were all having fun, but we decided that ending was so anticlimactic to to walk away. As an aside, I think overall Paizo makes excellent campaigns, maybe the best in the industry. This one just was set up poorly for the final boss of each book. Maybe you guys need an episode on save versus die or save versus die and save versus suck. Maybe you did one, but you guys have a lot of episodes, so it may have been a while ago since I listened to it. I don't know if we've talked about <clears throat> Save or Die, but there's um, which I, no, maybe a bit of what we lead into today, but it's interesting when it almost ties into your Massive Nerlothotep thing. We're talking here about um, a gamer, Matt, who does a ton of prep and puts all his effort and so forth. So, Sean, you know, you put all this effort into um, masks, yet a month into play, everybody dies. You're like, okay, well, I guess we're dead. Start over. You know, how does that How does that make you and the players feel? <laughs> type of thing. That could be kind of crazy. 
Yeah, that's one thing I got to look at, and I may, I may use Pulp Cthulhu rules just to keep it, give it to a little oomph, you know, the Indiana Jones oomph for it. Well, the other thing to do is every character, every player, make a handful of characters. Sure. There's also in Master Narthota there are plenty of NPCs. Sure. Yep. So that is that's the thing Lenny and I talked about. Had we at the time had the players who were moving and, and stuff had not happened and we could have kept the group together, it would have been a case of okay, how who can which NPCs have we met that you can take over? Because the cool thing is the NPCs in that in that adventure, if I'm remembering correctly, are all tied enough to the plot that you could grab one of them and go. So that that would be a really good way to go. So you don't like, oh, well, this is the third cousin of Brett's fifth character, you know, <clears throat> just so happened to yet again get a mystery note from his uncle. You know, no, 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 you don't have to do that. There's NPCs who are tight to it. So yeah. that would be a cool way to go. Yeah. I, um, so what I probably will do, I know we're getting a little off your your message, Matt, but what I may also do is I'm, I'm obviously going to research online for people that have actually run this thing and said, because hopefully they can bestow some wisdom upon those that haven't run it yet. I think that's a good thing that may be overlooked. Um, not always, but if you're going to run a pre-published adventure, um, anyone, this is the message to anyone, if you're going to do that, find, read, go on a forum. So if something the Paizo put out, I'll go there. I'll tell you when Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil, Monty Cook's big monumental 301 when Lenny wanted to run that he likes running really cool pre-published like that that's exactly what he did Monty Cook had a forum this is back when he's living in Milwaukee where people discussed it and they told you basically on the forum like hey fuck off if you're playing this please don't and he dug up tons of good ideas and stuff back and forth he would say hey I want to do this <clears throat> this being X and people would say hang on if you do X remember the knock on effects are A, B, and C if you're running it blah 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 so it was a great place to discuss and and pull ideas from, and then when we did crazy, excuse me, crazy as shit, he had a group he could go. What the fuck do I do? They just did crazy as shit, so it was a good place to get support. That's a, that's a damn good idea. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Matt, for commenting. As always, we appreciate uh, every correspondence that you put out on the website. And if you'd like to respond to Matt directly, you can. We'll have a link in the show notes on where he commented on that episode and that specific. My wife just gave me some new cough medicine. God, that tastes like shit. Oh, you should you oh. should see you should see my wife. When my wife gets sick, I'm whispering because I don't want her to hear me. Even though the TV's so loud upstairs, she couldn't hear me scream if if I did. She she does the like the the icky dance. Oh yeah, like she'll she like dreads it. She's like oh. And I see her, and she's just like just cringing and cringing. And then I don't know what. I mean, just imagine the like a teenager about to sip their first shot of whiskey. I don't know what was in the shot glass she gave me, but this made Nyquil taste awesome. This was bad. I don't know what the, she might actually be trying to kill me. So, <laughs> so she, so Tam, so Tam takes a drink, and then her her face gets all scrunched up. She doesn't do anything, and then she like scrunches up her shoulders and puts her fists in front of her, and she starts jumping around the kitchen. And it just it kills me. She's like, and then after that, she's like, oh, oh. oh my god, you've got a video of this. <laughs> it is hilarious. All right, I mean, as she's dying from like sickness and taking this crappy cough medicine, but she cannot stand like 
Uh, some of it. Cherry NyQuil or oh anything. God, I don't know what the fuck this was. This is gross. It's had a weird grapey <laughs> type flavor, too. Jesus. Oh, God. God. She's trying to kill oh. me. All, All right, right, moving Who on. Who we got? Sky of House Slayton emailed us. Hello, Beardo and Pomp. I think he's talking about us. Yes, maybe. Going your beard in, that's the deal. Um, yeah. First, let's talk about maps. I run an, uh, I run in Roll20, and I like and I like to use what Mike Shea calls abstract maps. The problem I have with gridded maps is my players get blinders and start playing battle chess, swinging out of role-playing mode uh, to what is the most efficient way to kill those dudes. Example. Me. Okay, you guys, quick reminder, this map is just to give you a general idea of where everyone is. The distance on the map are going to be general. Feel free to offer additions like a crate or chandelier if you think it would be cool. Two turns in, me massaging my temples. Brett, why are you still using the ruler? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest contributor to this is past GMs where exact distances were enforced at the expense of fun, and now they are worried. Now, I'm not saying to start... <clears throat> playing a you know hold the stick story game but instead of worrying about exact distances etc just make sure it makes sense like brett's encounter building guidelines and communicate it for example he says uh, me you can totally shoot across a ship but the pirate captain is fighting fighter and clerica while the rigging is flopped around so he would, he would have three force cover from all that next regarding the gm as player um, depending on your history with the current GM, you should have a quick convo about what GME activities you would like slash not like, um, not mind you could you contribute, or what you do not want to do. Perhaps you have encyclopedic knowledge of the rules. Hey, Brad, I know these rules like the back of my hand want me to be the rules lawyer. Uh, say you just need a break from being the div- driving force behind everything. So you say, Sean, <clears throat> I just want to be more passive this time. I'll still take hooks, and, and that makes sense, but I don't really want to be the party leader. Essentially, be the player you want in your game. Uh, you want Rainmaker players that aren't out of control? Do it. You want players to take hooks? Do it. He can see Sean sipping a little shy tea. Uh, <laughs> shy clip. <laughs> a little shy clip there. Sorry. Do it! Nice. Um, I like that stuff. I'll use Brett, <laughs> Brett in the ship as an example. Man, I'm an example now. Uh, Brett... Sh- could have said, okay, I'll leave, but I'm really paranoid someone will take the ship. Can I booby trap it somehow so that's defensible if someone tries to take off? This gives Sean a bunch of stuff to work with. He knows Brett is worried about someone stealing the ship, so that's a prod he can use. He can uh, he can he also can disable the ship at any time before the players come back, and he can still say it'll take time to undo and then attack the party as they get the ship um, as they get to the ship for a little fun encounter. Ultimately, ultimately, use your GM brain as a player. How can I go along with this? Do what I want, but I'll give the GM some crazy shit to ramp up if they want to. Anyway, a lot of my GMing knowledge I got from your podcast, and who knows how badly that has hampered me. <laughs> well, the last bit says it all. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. I, you know, Sky, you've got a very good point. I have. Um, it's kind of. <laughs> I've I've uh, I've encountered a number of martial arts students over the years, and every once in a while you're like, man, you you come from another school, huh? Yeah, you've been doing it for how long? Really? And that's what they taught you? Yeah, that's exactly what they taught me. Huh? Neat. How about you do it like this? Oh, wow, that's better. Yeah, because the other way is wrong. Um, <laughs> and yet, yes, there are indeed some rights and wrongs and some of that stuff, folks. But anyway, it's it's interesting where you know if as uh. You can play with a group to your very to your first thing about abstract maps versus exacts. 
And if that group had their ass beat by somebody who was like inch mongering the entire tactical map, <laughs> that's that's how they learn to play, and that's what they're good at. It could take a while to break them off of that. It could take quite a while. But damn good points though on the um, GM as player. I like that stuff, Sky. Those were some good examples too. And point well taken around the uh, around the ship component that I was a um, very obvious asshole about. I like that, and that's a piece that. As a player saying, hey, you know, it's not role playing in character, but as character saying, Sean, this is Brett talking as player. My character does not want to leave the ship because he's afraid X will happen. Ha ha ha, Brett, how do you know I'll do that? Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to do it. But that said, I don't want to sit on my ass here and uh, be a dick about it. So how about I try to booby trap the ship in some way? Can I make a die roll? Can I do something? Use some of my incredibly awesome kick-ass Star Wars, you know, space Google skills to figure out how to how to get this thing locked down. Sure, give me a die roll. Sounds good. Off you go. And then I've done the best I can, and we can move on from there. That's a very good example because that's something that oftentimes we as GMs will offer our players but, hell, I, I know how to do that. Sean knows how to do that. As a player, I should just step up and, and do that type of thing. That's a good idea. I like that. As you said, use your GM brain as a player. Thanks, man. Yeah. Over to you, Sean. T, how, uh, T of Housemonger writes, Hey, guys. <clears throat> I know if you're anything like me, you read game you read game systems or hear an <clears throat> idea from a player or a system that has made you into the GM you are today and had fundamentally changed how your game is played. And these changes have superseded any rules, the current game rule game rules you are playing or GM uh, GMing. We are curious what they might be. Hmm. Monger. So those um, gymming tips, tricks, those things you do all the time, regardless of what the system is, basically. Uh, let me reread re- read that. You read game systems, hear an idea from a player, blah, 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 and had fundamentally changed how your game is played. And these changes have superseded any rules, the current game rules you are playing. So I think what, what the monger is referring to is You've had a lot of influences throughout your gaming life. Yeah, those change those changes, those things, they supersede any rules of the current game you're playing. Right. Yeah. So you got an example of their their hoss? <sighs> Off the top of my head, I could say that there I have a t- I don't like calling for skill checks all the time. And that is a thing I picked up from first edition Vampire. That's where I claim I got it from. I have not read that rule system in a while. But something in that description by Mark Ronhagen and crew told me that, look, if there's no real chance for failure or there's no drama in failure, just kind of go with it, which is one of the reasons why the gumshoe system appeals to me. If the character is role-playing, like, look, I'm really good at this. Can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's just go. Let's just make it happen. And even with D&D 5e, like, were you proficient in that skill? Yes. Okay, you can easily do that. You're you're proficient in it. You're very, very good at it. I don't want to make you make a die roll. So not rolling dice for certain things until it gets sticky. We're like, your skill, your off-the-top-of-your-head skill can only take you so far. Your 
great, overwhelming knowledge of local history only goes so far until you have to dig in deep. So my words to the player would be, Sean, all right, you've you've looked at, you've been in the alleyway, you see the blood symbols on the wall, you see the body, your cult tells you X. Huh. Is there anything else I would know? You know what, man? You got to dig deep in there. You got to really dig in. Let's let's get a die roll on this one. That That's what we need to do now. And so I give the player something and then die roll to get more. And if they fail, like, well, at least I got something, which has led me to kind of how I generally do investigative stuff to be, you know, all around, which is, again, why the gumshoe thing works well for me. Does that make sense? It does. What about you, man? I have not uh, really gone beyond and above the rules other than a, a calling here or there. I haven't really taken anything that um, would supersede an existing rule set. Now, I would go along with Brett uh, and say I I am probably wanting to be less skilly, skilly checky. Yeah. Like I just – I think it can be overused. Give me a skill check. Give me a check. Give me a check. Give me a check. Give me a check. Can you give me a check? Give me a roll. Would you roll? Well, that depends on what you check, what your roll is. You know, and it's like it could be okay, but overdone. Which is one of the reasons why I, I talked about this. We're running for kids. I want to try this thing. Okay, um, you can. Yeah, okay. Give me. It's crazy. It's wacky. Give me a try. But otherwise, if you're searching, I don't always make you do a search check type right. of thing. Just kind of go with it. You tell me what it is you're trying to do. I'm searching the room. Great. Here's what you find. Yeah. Like, where are you searching? I'm searching. And then that goes back to more of a old school approach where it's like, where are you searching? Well, what's in the room? A bed, a desk, a nightstand. Great. I go over to the desk. I pull out all the drawers, look for false drawers, look behind the drawers. One is locked. Great. I unlock it. Great. Okay. This is what you or find. Or they search through it. And it no skill check. Like, yeah, you don't find much of anything. You do. Really? That's it. There's nothing here. Well, if you want to really spend some time, give me a roll. Well, that's uh, that, true. It's, yeah. it's it's a way to use. But again, that's a piece that's kind of superseded the current rule. If the rule is, look, they make a roll. If they fail, they're fucked. Or, or they get three chances or whatever. Yeah. There you go, Monger. Cool. <coughs> oh, good Lord. I'm going to have you read the next one, too. Go. Okay. Corey Welch writes us about Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. Corey of House Welch, I, sh I should say. Hi, guys. Hey, Sean. Wow. I can't say enough thanks for how much you, uh, you're promoting our game. It's just an incredible scenario. We are stoked to share the experience with as many people as possible. Um, so, refresher. Corey headed up the, uh, great get the Great Race, Gatsby in the Great Race scenario, multi-table, 30-person event. He's done it at Gamehole Con, Gary Con. Moving on. We're all incredibly happy to hear what a great time you had, and I am personally humbled that we've encouraged you to buy the books of such a great product. I'll keep you in the loop to run. Looks like the next local will be Gamehole. If you can find time to run there with your official podcast duties, otherwise it looks like Gary Con next year. As far as I know, uh, Corey, I will put myself down for Gamehole and running it. Um, I did want to mention something about 7th edition. It is great they've taken the base brp basic role-playing uh book rules and turned it master turned it masterfully it sounded like brett had a few reservations about pushing the uh pushing and luck spend 
Luxpen is an optional rule because it makes it easier. In my experience, they are two of the best mechanics added. It ramps up tension and makes for awesome stories. Pushing a roll and failing leads to disastrous results that bad things happening to spice up the story. So this is a good point. I listened to the podcast Friends of Jackson Elias. I think is what it's called. And I think one of the guys wrote Gatsby in the Great Race. Like one of the guys from that podcast wrote it. So they're a bunch of English gents. They well have. Yeah. And they're a bunch of English gents. And they are, I mean, that's a good, I mean, it was one of the, the top like three or four podcasts of Ian World survey. Um, and they talk about horror games, but mostly Call of Cthulhu, Trail of Cthulhu. And where am I going with this? They talked about when the seventh edition came out, these new additions to the rules, including pushing. And uh, Corey's right. So you, the it's optional. I'll explain. It, not pushing is well. Pushing's not luck. Is I think spending luck. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> In Brett's world, all rules are optional. <laughs> well, touche. Anyway, carry on. So, um, so I'll read Corey's, and then I'll go back if it, I need to. Um, the characters get used to spending some luck. Hold on. Ramps up tension. Blah blah. Pushing a roll and failing leads to disastrous results. That bad things happening to spice up the story. Luck spend is a bit more controversial from longtime players, however. I think it's great. The characters get used to spending some luck to make some rolls. Give them the taste. It allows them to make more and more memorable story happen. Happen. Stories happen while all blah, 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 blah. It allows them to make more and more memorable story happen while all the while they are spending down their luck for that critical role that may be life or death. And so massive tension or unlikely roles and great story just grows organically in the process. You'll end up with a gorgeous narrative of how great the investigator got out of a pinch or a rending or a rending end to make everybody cringe and cheer at their collective story direction. What all the best horror movies are made of. It is a blast. You can't even, you, you, oh, excuse me. You want even more challenge? Put them in further situations that will drain their luck. Great story continues as the back towards the blackest abyss or amazing feats of survival per the dice. So pushing is you do a skill check, okay, and you do not succeed. You can push that skill check. But if you push it, something and you if you push it and you fail, something really, really bad happens. Yeah, that's the whole premise, and it drives the story. So, one example would be the door is locked. I pick it. You fail. Great. I'm gonna push it. How are you gonna push it? Okay, just so you know, if you do fail this time, the door is locked. You're not gonna be be able to get out of the room without some other help, or and. You hear scratching very the similar. Walls. This is a this is a yeah. way to a way to give people a limited resource that you husband, and that if you burn it up, it's always very compelling at the beginning when you see a big fat number of however many points you have in something. Well, I'll spend a few. I'll spend one. I'll spend one. I'll spend one. Yeah. Halfway through the campaign, you're like, "Son of a bitch, I'm down to two. Yeah. That's for luck. Yeah. I'm just saying that that plus yeah. the. 
plus pushing stuff, and I want to make it happen. No, I like I like that. That make, that's good stuff. Yeah, pushing is not points. I know. I'm like just saying you, it, it's yeah. similar in some aspects. I like the idea. Cool. Another great mechanic is levels of success and how they interact. It makes things a lot cleaner and easier to run than thinking about plus or minus percentages. And roll and miss done combat is a thing of the past with opposed roll combat mechanic, which is great for efficiency description and combat satisfaction. It is more narratively run, so your scenes encourage player imagination instead of only a die roll. And once again, again, great tension in the process. I can't say enough about 7th edition. It's worth playing a game with somebody to see the mechanics in play. They really did call Cthulhu right in 7th. You could still get the ultimate horror. It just beautifully grows incredible story on the way. It would be an honor to have either of you at my table. So I hope to see you at the cons. Thanks. Cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, it is cool. I've, I've got, I have, I don't have the key. Do I have the keeper's book? I've got one of the Call of Cthulhu books. The purple one, right? The blue one. I don't know. One. Whatever it is. It's over on my shelf over there. I just haven't cracked it yet. It was a gift. It was yeah, a gift from uh, Kevin. I've got it. I just need to read it. Thanks, Corey. Hey, man, you don't have to sell me, dude. <laughs> no, it's good. It's it's cool. Like I say, there's it. This is one of those games. Like eh, I don't know if I necessarily like that piece, or whatever. But everything else about Cthulhu, the setting, the world, blah blah blah, I like. So there's no reason why I wouldn't like that system too. I can't see them doing anything drastic to it. People I know, who are, well, I don't like it as much as this, but it's still fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. I like fifth edition. I just don't like playing with Morton Keaton's Tome of Foes. All right, don't then. I mean, right. <laughs> excuse me. All right. Edwin of House Nagy emails us. Sean and Brett, to be polite. Uh, psyched, you are psyched about Call of Cthulhu. Perhaps <laughs> we can get you, plural, to show up to Necronomicon 2019. It's an amazing time of Call of Cthulhu and Lovecraftian goodness. And we'll be running Gatsby again, along with a wicked fundraiser Call of Cthulhu game and a bunch of normal Call of Cthulhu. Providence, Rhode Island, end of August. I got to say, I'm going to jump in. Edwin, that has been on my list of cons to go to, so it is really, really tempting. He continues, on the actual play front, I have to mention Skype of Cthulhu, which I listened to for years and have been playing with for even longer. These APs are pretty close to APs. What happens, um, what happens, happens, and we don't pay much mind to the existence of an audience. I listen to a lot of APs in general enjoy the spectrum, radio drama to real, rules explanations to story to story time. The RPG Academy did a nice piece going back over their APs with voiceover interviews with GM and players about why they did the things <clears throat> and what they were thinking as sort of a how-to GM series. I would like to, to do that at some point. On Skype at Cthulhu, we, off, we also often have a recorded post-op review, which is kind of fun. Overall, I think I prefer my APs closer to APs and my radio dramas with the improv part, but there are some very fine dramatic role-playing uh, role-playing recordings out there. I thought on the idea of Call of Cthulhu as a game where you die and go crazy. There's some truth to it, and I actually think it adds to my enjoyment of the game, both at most both at most con games and on Skype of Cthulhu. We often embrace the role-playing opportunities that come with san- sanity loss. Off, oh, just so folks know, san and sanity, same thing, just a total bread aside. Well, often, once you get into Cthulhu, people say, oh, how many sand did you take? That means sanity, people. And there's also, and he continues, and there's also something nice about having death be part of the game. Lots of sacrifices for the greater good and the fun of making poor decisions like going into a haunted house. 
The players know it's bad, the character doesn't. This is a different kind of fun than being the hero and getting more powerful, but still tons of fun. As phrased, the saying may be off-putting to new players, but I really do think it's part of the charm of the game when embraced by the group can really add. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you all again and gaming with you sometime. I did run a pretty good two, two and a half hour of Call of Cthulhu scenario for some friends at TotalCon a month ago. If you all find a couple hours, I'd be happy to run you through it. Uh, it's written by Matt Sanderson. Cheers, Edwin. Thank you, Edwin. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Edwin. It's been a little while since we heard from you. I hope all is well in the great state of Maine. I know he's busy doing RPG work. Um, ugh, sorry, coughing. Yeah, no worries, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good round. That was good stuff. Thank you, everybody wrote in. That was good. Very good stuff. Yeah, we should get to the main topic. Let's then. do it before I expire. You ready, Sean? <laughs> I'm ready, bro. All right. Let's talk Total Party Kill, TPK. Uh-oh. TPK. Yeah. So TPK, um, lovingly, um, stands for Total Party Kill, which means everybody in the group dies. Most Everybody's dead. Most gloriously, a TPK is in one event where there is a big-ass fight. And Demogorgon rises and the party goes, oh, we got this. And then Demogorgon eats all of them and they all die. Sometimes a TPK can be half the party died here. The other half didn't flee in time. Um, then half of that half falls on a pit and what's left of that half tries to get out the door and then they get eaten. So it can be prolonged. But usually a TPK is one gaming session is how it's defined, at least for me. Sean, have you have you been on the receiving end as a player? Have you been part of a TPK where you and all those you loved and held dear died along with you? I have, but it's been quite a long time. I don't remember in recent years that that has come around. Usually there's one or two squeaky little characters that happen to get away. Until somebody survives. You don't. Know, there's a point in time where you can try to run, and hopefully you'll get away. <laughs> I think the uh, last time I, as a player, was part of a total party kill was in Lenny's um, Massive Narlothotep. That's where we all died. It was over one session. <laughs> How long were you guys into the campaign? I think we got to England, and we're on our way to Egypt. Someone almost died in Egypt or along that along that session. Yeah. It wasn't I don't know. I have no idea where I've never read it, so I can't say, Oh, we were halfway through where we were this. Well, I mean, how many sessions did you play before everybody? Half was dozen. Dead? Yeah, that's a good amount, yeah. I guess. I mean, and you guys were playing what, the eight hour or ten hour marathon? Yeah, we went, or we're, what? Well, we'd start and go quite a ways. So Yeah. Well, it's different if you die in six sessions and you're only playing a couple hours each. Yeah. Right. If you're playing eight, 12, so and you're playing as a G, six of those. Yeah, as a GM, now if you flip it, have, when's the last time you had a total party kill as a GM? You know, it just makes me mad thinking about it. Cause it hasn't happened in a while, has it, Sean? It hasn't, it hasn't happened in a while, those meddling players. I have, even when I ran, I've run a couple different um, Dungeon Crow Classic sessions now, 
And even with the funnel, I've not had a hard time getting it, but the players are pretty smart. Somebody usually survives. Um, but I haven't had a TPK in quite some time as a game master. Yeah. So, Sean, when we think about it, now Dungeon Crawl Classics is um, is a bit famous for this guy's like Tim Cask, old school Dungeon Master Tim Cask is well known to uh, have his TPK <laughs> and enjoy the hell out of it. A lot of he is well is it is known that if you play in a, a Tim Cask game, that's kind of that's kind of the deal. Now, oftentimes, at least in when most people, the ones I've talked to recently, when I think about TPK, it comes up a lot in old school games. And then the, oh, it's so hard to kill anybody in 5th edition. Oh, those newfangled games, you can't kill anybody for nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Which isn't true. I've murdered plenty of people, or characters, I should say, in 5e. But right, we don't murder people. No, we don't admit to murdering people. We only admit to murdering characters. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. One yeah. is subpoenable, the other one is not. Um, right. Anyway, so Sean, do you think... In a Call of Cthulhu game, in a horror game, you could, not, not easily perhaps, but it would. It seems easier to imagine a scenario. Hey, you know what? They uh, they done fucked up. They uh, summoned, you know, Zathakwa, and uh, Zathakwa ate them. That happened. They all dead. Do you think, though, that a TPK, does, does such a thing work in every game? Do you, do you think in, like, Star Wars, would you feel... I guess, are there games that you have either played in or that you like to run where you, you have the feeling that that TPK just doesn't seems like it'd be such a shocker, like it just is a, a clash to that game, anathema to the game, if you will? Um, yeah, and I think I've played, I've been a player in a game like that. Um, I had a gentleman, I don't know if he listens to this podcast. He was part of Doc's group. His name's Bob. It, hey, Bob, if you listen to this. It won't anymore after this, but carry on. Yeah. No, and this isn't a knock on Bob, but I mean, he, this was a, I think I mentioned this way back where what happened was Bob would change our characters. Like we would by not, well, I shouldn't say Bob did, but he gave us the option to change our characters by kind of donning these interesting suits and the suits uh, were magic and they would give us different characteristics and it became quite powerful. Actually, the thing is, is he ramped up. Uh, encounters really high in in contrast, and Brett would be like, "Screw balance, that's what you do." No, 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 no. fair yeah. enough. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, we could have run away and and like fled, but it was what we would have probably thought was a standard encounter, and there was one thing missing. So it'd be like, "Hey, you're all tenth level, and oh by the way, none of you have any magic items, and you're battling something that needs magic to be damaged." Good luck, kids. So, so you got a shit ton of hit points and great armor class, and you get to do cool stuff. But yeah, every damage is damage resistance, and you're not doing anything because you don't have any. Like you don't have the methods to kill the big bad. Not the overt obvious methods. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm just saying it, it's it's yeah, not yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they just flat don't exist. Right. No, I get it. So. In those in those situations, I mean, we started getting like, I mean, we'd get nailed. Like, boom, there's two guys down, dead, clerics injured and probably unconscious, nobody to heal. We're in a lot of trouble. We had a few encounters like that. And uh, 
I would say those were one of the situations where it became a little, and I, I wouldn't say that it's, and it wasn't where it was the end, right? It was like, all right, we battle it. We've done this long campaign and finally we're going to the, we're going into Mordor and we're going to freaking throw the ring into the lava and yeah. take on Sauron. Spoilers. But, oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, I mean, Smog. So you say I it mean, doesn't, it doesn't fit in that game. Is that what you're saying? I think it, I would have, I wouldn't have minded it if it was the end of the game and we kind of knew it. Like, this is it. This is the tipping point. We're either going to all die or we all are going to survive and be triumphant. So you like your TPK to be the result of, this is it, boys. We're going in. All right, men and women, gird your loins, grab your guns. We're going in. This is the fight. I guess if I had a choice of a TPK when it happened, sure. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, okay. So there is the, you know, you going through two mores. Sorry, you die, you know, and then your next character dies, and that one dies, <laughs> and that one dies. And you don't always get to the end to find a Sarak. Sometimes you, more often than not, you just fucking died. And the one of the TPK, I ran a. Uh, Two Moors is kind of is a fun tournamenty style game at Evercon ages back, and everyone everyone died. They right. loved it. They had a great time. They knew it was going to be a terrible bloodbath, and they just thought it'd be fun to experience yeah. to experience the thing. In that style of game, everybody knew what they were up to. It was fine. I guess what I'm saying is that in certain in certain games, and maybe it's a style of play or the group you're gaming with, but. Um, we, Sean and I and other game masters and people would joke like, "Oh, you haven't had a TPK? Well, oh, yeah, come on, game master, get out there, kill some, kill some characters. Jesus, come on, get in there." But I, th- <laughs> it doesn't sit well with everybody, and it's no, not everybody's. It it's not everybody's type of fun, no, at all. And you go to a con. We'll pick on Gary Con because we were just there, and you play with folks who are used to a type of game that they celebrate and enjoy. And that happens to be one of those, well, guess what? We accidentally, the thief triggered the poison trap when we were all at the bottom of the pit and we all died. It was all save or die. And we all got instant super tetanus and, and keeled over. Nothing we could do about it. End of the adventure. Two hours in, off you, do, off you go. Go off to your next game, go get a sandwich. Sometimes that's fun insofar as if that's what you've signed up for and you appreciate that. But I do think that there are certain games where a TPK just, it feels... Like it doesn't fit. And I have talked to friends of mine uh, who are big Shadowrun friends. And you can get fucking shot in Shadowrun, right? You can get blown up by magic, explosives, all sorts of things. And even in a game like that, I have... I'm sure it happens. But I, I do not recall any of my friends who are Shadowrun players saying, oh, yeah, and that was a total TPK. Yeah, everybody died in that one. They could say we lost a couple characters, but it the type of story you're telling, a TPK just doesn't seem to fit, you know, unless something goes really, really haywire. And I don't know if, that is a, if that's a, a matter of everything is always balanced, which I don't believe it probably is, or if it's a matter of some dice fudging to make sure that it doesn't happen. But I have to say, there are certain games I have run over the years where it could have maybe slash should have been a TPK had I not fudged some dice, but it it felt like, man, that's just not the way this game should end. It doesn't feel right. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes the the thing for me is is it is it different? And maybe I'm uh, I'm just asking these questions because I don't necessarily know offhand. But Sean, do you think it, a TPK has a different feel or a vibe if it's the PCs cause it? You know, PCs are doing PC stuff. They insist on doing stupid things and all drinking the same poison because one of them believes that it's actually not. Or is it different if it's the game master doing it, quote unquote, doing it to them, right? Like, sorry, you're in a locked room, no way out, and um, it, it, it's the, the door and the ceiling starting. The ceiling starts to collapse, and that's down. when Orcus yeah. arrives and his uh, 52 Uber Lich and Demi Lich Guardians fight. You know, <clears throat> there's yeah. that. There's a feeling sometimes that TPK is unjust or unfair because the game master did it to us. It's a killer. Talked about this as, in this adversarial, but it's kind of that. You know, almost morbidly unbalanced to the point of y'all gonna die. So, so Sean, what do you think? Is it more acceptable if it's the players do stupid shit and they die, all die because of it? Then if the game master quote unquote does it to them, what do you think? Um, it could it could go either way. I think many times I wouldn't I wouldn't expect the TPK to go that way if the players just didn't make wise choices. So it would be hard for me to fathom that an entire party You've never gamed would, with twelve real boys, have you? <laughs> no. I, I, no. Oh, no, oh, that's they're, true. they're crazy. They're yeah. crazy. They're, they're crazy yeah, pack they're, of buggers. Let me tell you. They're crazy bunch. Uh, I can imagine. Um so okay, maybe oh, fine. Those they're they're the crazy well, ones. Well, they can I mean, guys. well, it can happen, right? You yeah, can yeah. have a pack of a whole pack of players they like so you all do that, really? Yeah, we jump up and down on Sleeping Dragon's head. We think it'd be funny. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure do that. So they're a little bit, um, how shall I say? I've seen 20, 30-year-old um, people do that. <laughs> wow. I, the, the gamers you hang with, buddy. So, no, gamers I've known over the years. No wonder, no wonder you're so... How, you're so... Bitter? Uh, you, uh, I don't know, need, need in, in need of therapy. Um, anyway. Okay. Anyways, I would say that one, it depends on the game. No, that's fair. Like we we already touched on that a little bit. Hey, you're gonna go through Tomb of Horrors. It's known to be a meat grinder. Got it, right? Just yep. Here we go. You know the. I guess are you asking me from a game master perspective or player perspective? No, you is Sean. If you were going oh. to have, if a TPK is going to occur, it, are you? <clears throat> is it more? Do you believe it's more? If you're as a player, you're like, well, we made stupid choices. We earned this one. That's on us. Versus, wow, really? So Demogorgon just showed up with Cthulhu and uh, we all died. Really? So the latter one sucks, and I've seen that. It, it does seem It's, it's like the Game Master Fiat thing. Like, instead of saving yeah. you, they just fucking murder you. Yeah. I do think that there is a difference. I do think that there is a, a line in that 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 example where the party is at a particular juncture you know whether it be a certain level power point in the scenario 
adventure. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Plop, you know, Night Stalkers, five of them. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. Great. You know, and then it's, it's, it, it well, goes back to that example. Now, I'll pick on Tim Cask. I've never played with Tim. I've talked to other people who have, and I've been told it's a railroad to a TPK. And I've heard that. He's the happiest guy I've ever seen at a, at a convention. That's all I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> If you ever see Tim Cask at a convention, I have talked. You will know exactly what I've I'm talked about. to him, and uh, he was super, super friendly. Very, very nice guy. Super nice. He is. He, is, but he, he looks grumpy. But he, he looks, looks grumpy. So ungodly he looks, grumpy. He looks so like he's gonna bite your head off. And he was. He was <laughs> a really sweet guy. He was super nice to talk to. Now that I'll, I've never, I've never heard anybody say bad of Tim. But I just, I when he look, he runs around on his, he's on a, on a scooter. Yeah, yeah needs it. Yep. And he's, his facial expression is he looks grumpy. I hate the freaking world and everybody in it. Like that's what I. Tim, I'm sorry, man. I know you're a man of the industry and you go way back. That is my impression from just seeing you. Hi. Now, that said, there are certain game masters. <laughs> throw Tim, we'll throw Tim out. Nice guy and all. But there are certain yes. game masters who have a reputation as being killer game masters. Like, oh, boy, you can't blah, blah, blah. So what I'm saying is that there is, I think, if the players in, I, when it's happened to me in the past or when I've seen it happen or it's been caused to happen if the players characters the pcs kill themselves insofar as making horrible choices um failing to pay attention you warn them at the beginning you've all agreed what this is going to be don't open the box yeah i swear to god don't whatever you do if i really really and then and then then you and then you eat it really (laughs) all all of you do that really yeah what could uh, y'all you're dead well that doesn't make sense oh guys you did this yourselves (laughs) I, we've seen that, but there is, I think, from my perspective, it, it is a more satisfying TPK all around as far as acceptance and whatever. If the players know we, our characters, did this to ourselves through either failing to do something or we did something. Sometimes I've had characters, groups, and this is <clears throat> ages back in a Cthulhu game. Um, they sacrifice themselves and said, nope, we'll all die. We will right. all die I, 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 in order to stop this thing. And I agree. I think the Thelma and Louise ending oh, so, I mean, is it's just, not wholly uncommon in, in role-playing games. And I, I I don't see a problem with it. And frankly, I'd be like, all for it. But that's because you come to a point in the story where you kind of say, hey, we're, but hey. Yeah. I, hit, hit, hit it, Johnny, and you're going to yeah. go off the cliff. The TPKs that I found... The people I've talked to that it leaves the worst taste in their mouth isn't the one where everybody died in the funnel. Isn't the one where they went to the con game or playing Dungeon Crow Classics and uh, God, God help us, you know, Goad killed everybody. That's what happened. Hey, we were playing and, you know, it's we're all dead. This is it just it happened. We're all dead. Right. Um, love you, Jeff. But <laughs> no, he hasn't killed me. But the point is, is that, you know, Jeff Goad's. Running, he's a great game master, and then everybody dies. Ah, crap. Oh, well, we signed up for it, blah, blah, blah. What I'm talking about are if it's random, I think in a campaign, especially in campaign play versus a one shot, if you're playing, if you're playing a Dresden Files game and you'd like, well, you know, rocks fall, everybody dies. Wait, what? We triggered a trap? What? Are you serious? You know, to your point earlier, Sean, it's the type of game, but even in some. D&D style games, old school BX or whatever, not everybody is down with the whole 
a random capricious act slaughtered the entire group. Some people are down with that. Like, look, it said on the tin, it was a dangerous fucking job. We all knew that. We went into the Cobalt Warren. Yep, the thief missed the trap. The fighter triggered the trap, and we all died because of it. Let's make new characters. Who cares? That group, that group of players and Game Master, don't care. Like, yep, happens. Next. Back at it. Not every game system has that feel built into it or that allowance built into it. Um, it seems to need to be more story-driven. I guess that's kind of what we're saying here in a way. No, I see exactly where you're coming from, and I would agree that that approach does tends to not sit as well as if the players have their own kind of say in it. Yeah. But I think that goes a lot with a lot of things. Like, I think the players are willing to accept a lot, especially if they feel as though they had a choice. Yeah, I can, I mean. Hey, you got a potion. You know what? I Did everybody die? No, you died. Didn't you die in my trailer? Oh, in the trail? My trail game. Yeah, you blew um, up. I think everybody wow. died. Well, that and that was at the end. Yeah, like, it, it was, was it, the, probably the last session. It was. Yeah, so and Brett you, killed us. I was a victim of a Brett TPK. There we go. Why am I not completely <laughs> irate at this right now? But the way you died, you were like jumping on the monster, sticking dynamite in it, and it was this huge explosion. It was crazy. It was a it was a sacrifice moment. Where was it? We have to stop the beast, and we we did the thing. It was all part of it. It was like, yep, makes sense. We're mm-hmm. gonna do this. Balance of the world was probably a little bit at hand. Yeah, that's the thing you have to do. Yeah, right. I think it speaks to me as a player, my own character, (laughs) my personal character. Hey, are you just gonna sit around and watch the world burn? Are you gonna get up and do something about it? You know that actually brings up a perhaps a sidebar point, but back in the day, we've talked about this before. Is that it was, and some people still like to play like this. It is a player challenge more than a character challenge right a player knew that before you go in the dungeon you buy the 10 foot pole the uh one pound bag of flour to try to find invisible creatures the marbles to try to check for sloping passages you did all that stuff the players were the one that said ah that's a troll i know what that is and all characters looked at sean and brett said ah those guys have played before thank god they're here the player versus character knowledge wasn't always that's big a thing. There were challenges for the player. The character was just a vehicle in which you were able to interact with the world, but you, you as the player were being challenged. And not everybody did that even back then, but it's a style of play that some people still enjoy. Excuse me, still enjoy. Different, different times. Yeah, and uh, some people still enjoy it now. <laughs> Indeed. And I think that well, the secrets kind of the TPK is is the buy-in, right? At the beginning, like the two more. like, look, y'all, that is a son of a bitch. Y'all going to die, right? It's probably going to happen. It's it's brutal. It's This is how we're going to play. Or, hey, we're going to play this Cthulhu game. Everybody could go insane and die. We're going to play this Dresden's File game. There's a chance you could die. I'm going to tell you right now, this game has a potential, you know, has a body count to it. We're going to play this game, this Dungeon World game. We're going to play this other game. We're going to play Shadowrun. You all, if you do something stupid... And you all get gunned down in my Shadowrun campaign, you're all dead. That's possible. 
so I think that buy-in or understanding up front and reminding, I think when you, you you tell the players, you tell the group, hey, this is what we're in in for, to say, well, boy, you guys got lucky because remember I said y'all could die. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jesus, that's right. He, Sean did say that we could all die. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Ange said we could all die too. Oh, geez, we got to be careful. Um, reminding, not always through violence, but just <laughs> some just a verbal reminder. And I think the, the other piece is that I believe that a, a TPK can is much more acceptable if the players are the ones that sign up for it. Like, look, my character, our characters have agreed that this is what's going to happen. And when you look at them and say, do you run? We can't run. We got to hold the line. Yeah, but no, <clears throat> we were here to save this person and get them back across. They're on the boat. They're going across the river. If we move from this spot, the enemy takes takes them. We can't do it. We got to hold the line. You realize you're all going to die. Yep. We're all going to die. Eileen. Yep. Ange. Yep. Sean. Uh-huh. All right. I guess we're all going to die. And that's how it ends. And I think if it's a, a PCs doing it to themselves, it's uh, can be very dramatic. And if it's a, even if it's a quote unquote, a random TPK in old school dungeon, it's still because the PCs screwed something up. There's an agreement that, Hey, we're rolling all our dice in the open. The thief failed the check. I stepped on the thing. We all thought it was a good idea that the dwarf stick his head in that open mouth on the wall. We all thought it was a good idea that the halfling pulled the lever and we all died. Hey, we all agreed. It's a thing. It happened. Well, that's the trick. Yeah. We all got to agree. <laughs> that everybody agreed. Like, look, don't pull that freaking lever. No, I think we should. No, don't pull. Don't you pull. Don't you freaking pull that well? Don't pull it. Yeah. <laughs> don't pull it. I swear to God, don't pull that lever. I pull, no, I, pull I think lever. we got to pull, pull the this. lever. I pull, I pull. Hey, wait a minute. Can I stop him? Can I want to stop him? Can I stop no, him? No, no, pull the no, lever? no, 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 no. It's, it's this. Scratch, 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 scratch. No pass. Here you go, GM. No, no, no. If he pulls that <laughs> lever, 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 I want to do something. I want to do something. I should, I should be able to do something. Do I see a move? I should be able to do something. Can I do something? Give me a roll. Well, wait a minute. What what is the roll? Do I have to roll? You know. <laughs> oh, he pulled the lever. Oh, now Again, we're all dead. Not oh, everybody. That... Not everybody's into it, right? <laughs> well, that's they're true. not. Yeah. So it's, I guess. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the rub. See, we haven't gotten into that. No, part. TPKs are, and TPKs are weird. And if it's caused by a player who does something asinine. And the whose character does something, or even the player does something asinine with their character, right? Don't don't open the sarcophagus. Don't don't open. And it. then like there's something bad. And then, in when there, that, don't open and then when that player hides behind the, well, that's what my character would do stupid shit because my character <laughs> says it says does stupid shit to kill the party right on his character sheet. How can I not do that? You know, I'm sorry. My drive is must collect all hey, magic. I'll have you know that that is very fitting, Brett, for some of the folks that I make. <laughs> exactly. Ah. Which is why adventures may be crazy, but they're not stupid. Why would they hang out with somebody like that? Anyway. That's yeah, that's true. That's more of the question. TPKs are weird in insofar as that sometimes people, depending on the game system, they wear it as a badge. Hey, we're a total TPK. We all died. Beatty ran a hell of a game. Rolled that Cunnington. Eh, fucking Bruce. He murdered us all. Hey, we're dead. Oh, hey, you know, Brett killed us all. Oh, it was Cthulhu. Whatever. Oh, y'all died. Was it glorious? No, we fucked up. Cthulhu rose, destroyed the earth. Oh, that sucks. Next. 
Oh, you all died. Oh. Yeah, it was at the. It was halfway through what we thought was like a really kick-ass uh, campaign, and everybody died because someone, Sean, pulled the fucking lever and murdered the whole party. Thank you very much, Sean. You're welcome. You know, there can be hard feelings, depending how it goes down. There can be some pretty serious hard feelings when it comes but to. But you it. know what? No matter what it is, no matter what happens, no matter what those feelings are. There's a story behind it. That's true. There are. There's, a, there's there always a story. It may, not, it may not make somebody all happy and smiley and laughing, but there's a story. If you want, if you want to understand what that means, go to YouTube and look up Leroy Jenkins' World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Leroy. God damn it, Leroy. Damn it. It's that thing, that one person who does something crazy and gets everybody gacked. Yeah. Ah, there. I've talked to gamers over the years who hate TPKs. They think it's bullshit. Um, they feel it's very, you know, they just don't like them. They don't. They don't unless it's like we have all agreed that we will die here. They don't like it. And other people are like, look, it's like let the dice roll where they make camp. We die, we die. The capriciousness of the world is the capriciousness of the world, kids. It is what it is. And. <laughs> I also think it's very fair to say you could be in a gaming group where some of you are in one camp, some are in the other, and some are going to be in the It Depends camp. Like, I'm fine with that if we're playing BX. I'm not so fine with that if I'm playing, you know, Fate. I'm not fine with that at all if I'm playing Amber. I, and I'm really not fine with that if we're if we're playing, you know, Dresden Files. No. People are going to have, people are going to be different about it. And I think this might be one of those pieces where, you know, we've we've talked about this a lot, where you, you're laying out how you want your game to run. Or as a player, like, hey, I don't care. If we all die, that's fine by me. TPKs don't bother me at all. It might be worth stating that out loud to certain groups, <laughs> especially the type of, depending what kind of game you're going to play. Got to know, you got to know kind of what you're, the cards you're playing with before you place a bet. Yeah. Because the last Man? time you want to find the time you don't want to find out is I can pull a lever, dude. What if you kill us all? Well, I don't care. We'll just make new characters. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. We are level ten, <laughs> asshole. We are not just making new characters right now. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'll just make a new character. I'll pull the lever anyway. No, stop, stop. You know, it. They can be divisive in a group, especially in a campaign. Gotta have faith, Frank. Gotta have faith. <laughs> All right, that's. I think that's enough. We bad. We beat that sucker around a little bit. Let us know about your awesome thoughts on TPK. Yeah, I'm sure we've we touched on something that ran, that struck a chord with you. Do you hate it? You like it? It depends for you. Um, and so on. How have you implemented it? All your all your thoughts and uh, smartness on TPK laid on us. Laid on us as we go into the roll of die. All right, so I've got one this I week. Forgot to, um, I forgot to put one in. Um, oh, you had but, one? Yeah, Angela Murray is, oh. is, uh, is got, good Lord, has been um, uh, promoted within the Gnome Stew ranks. She is now what? A, she's now one of the uh, the chief head gnomies. So. Chief head gnome? Yeah, she's doing really well. What is that? Uh, what, do you, what do you get I from think that? she is gets twice like... her normal zero pay. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, good on Angela. Yeah, no, she, um, the Gnome Stew crew put it out there. I will find a link and put it in the show notes, but congratulations, Ange. Crack a whip over there. Absolutely. Kick some ass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
get that Jared Rasher writing some shit over there. <laughs> over to you. All right. Uh, Critical Core Kickstarter. Um, Matt Mercer tweeted this, actually. He's like, hey, this is a Kickstarter I support. I'm like, what? what's this all about? Hmm. So I imagine he got a few people's attentions because it's funded for sure. I think it was like 48K target. It's over 100. It's like 107,000 now. Uh, it's the tabletop game that helps kids on the autism spectrum build confidence and social skills one dragon at a time. So when you hear this, um, you have until April 26th to kick in some funds if you'd like. So there's still about 30 days left as of this recording. Um, and it, I mean, you don't have to have kids on and you don't have to have autism or have kids with autism to appreciate the game. But I would certainly uh, take a look. It looks pretty interesting and obviously a good cause. And I believe the funds are going towards obviously making of the game, but I think they're a nonprofit. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. We've talked about this before. There are some really kick-ass stuff that gamers, game designers, and just artists in general and that we as gamers and cool people within our personal communities and stuff, when you have a mechanism like this, we can do something really positive and helpful for other people. It's really impressive. That's really cool. Yep. And then Monger had one, um, which was a post to Facebook about zones. So we kind of killed, we, we've been beating up zones for like the last six episodes or something to that effect. Yeah. And this is a this is a good one for sure to check out, um, and it's a and it's a quick read. It's not anything overly dramatic. So if you want to check that out, that would be great. Yeah, I think that's. I think it. that's it. Cool. I think so. I thought I was wondering if I had something on the Book of Faces that we did not talk about or mention and i'm wondering if i'm am stalling to double check stalling am i stalling maybe i'm stalling i'm, I'm stalling yeah so uh just to go back angel murray's the new co-head of gnome stew so i've got a link in the show notes there so. co-head yeah. hope that comes with some equity yeah it's good when they take take it to an ipo she makes bank <laughs> um yeah i think Oh, man, I swear there was something else I was going to say, but I apologize. All right, if we'll add it in next time. Or wait, yeah. Get it in post. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about next week, Brad? You know? Not yet, I don't. I'm hoping, so I'm I'm, hoping I'll be talking about the fact that I feel so much better and I don't have a stupid fucking yes. cough. So I'm talking with Victor tomorrow night, just me personally. He, oh, he awesome. and I are gra- grabbing a beer. Victor, for those um, of you who don't know, we're talking Empire of the Petal Throne, Taco Mel. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, and I've had a couple people say, "Hey, you know, Forrest had mentioned it." Um, Ray else? Otis, Ray Otis had, had mentioned it. Like, he had a couple things to say about uh, asking Victor a couple things. So we'll see. We'll get maybe maybe Victor on the show. I don't know. Maybe I'll just record him on the side when it's convenient. Well, depends on what schedules the line. Yeah, that'd be cool too. We can always we can always release it as a bonus BS or even uh, maybe maybe it's good if then Brett just takes the night off and sleeps and rests and then he doesn't cough the next one. That's true. <coughs> yeah, I could I could do without doing that some more. Okay. Well, all right. So we'll let Brett get some rest so he's he's better. More healer and more healthier. More healer and more healthier. So this is Sean. And this is Brett. Good night and good game and all. 
This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Hawk Sparrow, Andy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Miner, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValle, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Brasslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Coward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Angus, Howard Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzweedle, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Marco Froilich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, and Tony Sugarloaf Baker. For ways to support the show, head over to gamingmbs.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.